Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 23 degrees in Edmonton. Good morning! <laughs> Thank you, Emily. How's everybody doing today? <gasps> Hopefully as good as you. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Broadcasting live as we do every morning. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Live. Did I say dun, live? Dun, dun. I don't know. Live. Live every morning. So if you're listening to the recorded version, um, all you got to do is just go download Podbean, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and uh, follow, subscribe, whichever. However, is it follow? Uh, Whatever there. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and you can listen live. There's a there's a live um, uh, podcast app there, and um, you can join in on the chat like everybody else is. Seeing all the investors coming in this morning, saying hello. Uh, there's a call in button. You can call in and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free. We already have one caller in the queue. I don't recognize this person though, so mm. it's uh, you know what? I'm gonna live life. On the edge, I'm going to accept this caller, right off the bat. not knowing who this caller is, and they were, they can't join. <laughs> okay, well, can go for it. <laughs> why not? <laughs> a little I, excitement for everybody's morning. It is a bit of a dangerous game that we play every it morning, is. saying, you know, feel free to call in, and then just randos um, who just are on the app. Just decide to call in and say hi and like, let's see what this is all about. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? What's this all about? Because like. <laughs> Larissa, good morning. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Creep. <laughs> Does Larissa not join us? Everyone? No, she doesn't. No way. Does and she... it's hard for her to get up this early. So I see you. All right. A big good morning to Larissa. A big good morning. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this app primarily is used. I think it got this app got really popular, Podbean, um, during the pandemic for churches. Yes. Uh, so that's um, what's the term? Congregations could listen in. Uh, uh, on Sundays because they couldn't go into church. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of people that like randomly kind of poke in to see what this is all about. And they're like, oh, this isn't a church. What's this all about? <laughs> it's this real estate investing thing. So, anyways. You see more, but like as time goes on, like especially this past week, I noticed like while I'm waiting for you to go live, it's like scrolling through some of the podcasts yeah. and it's like there's, there's a lot more variety now. Oh, really? When we first started, it was all churches yeah. like all churches yeah yeah i think we were the only non-church okay so what are we doing today <laughs> upcoming events oh we can do upcoming events but how about a word from our sponsor real fast before we get into that you betcha our sponsors dci properties there's no secret the key to making money in real estate is buying at the right price and one of the best ways you can do that is by working with a professional and established wholesaling company like DCI Properties. DCI Properties operates in Southwest Ontario, Calgary, and Edmonton, and have successfully assigned over 350 properties to date. Why pay retail on the MLS when you can save thousands buying off-market? To get on their buyers list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers. Or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. Show of hands. Show of hands in the chat. How many people have uh, joined DCI Properties buyers list? 
Yeah, let's see. Yeah, big show of hands. I want to see how many people. Big shout out to uh, DCI uh, putting out those good deals. I wonder that um, that uh, that deal of the week last week. Yeah. Did anyone snag that in Calgary? Was it Calgary? Uh, it was Calgary. Yeah. Yep. Did anyone snag that? Like Northeast Calgary or something. That, like that. brew. I'm interested to see if anyone. Uh, or like, if anyone just even like reached out or put in an offer. Or... Lots of hands going up. Lots of thumbs going up. Yeah. Ken says, the other podcasts have lots of profits. Here, we discuss the potential real estate investing profits. <laughs> oh, I see what he did there. Profits. <laughs> I wonder profits. how long Ken was working on that before he <laughs> put it together into a comment. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure someone heard that and they're like, oh, profits, profits. And then they're working on their new brand name right now. <laughs> Changing their Facebook profile to like the REI profit. <laughs> I I am the profit to find you profits. It's terrible, yeah, actually. It's Absolutely terrible, Ken. Um, but I like it because it's a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got uh, Larissa here. Very happy to be here this morning. Thanks for the shout out. And uh, who uh, da, 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 was it going to say? Dawn. Don, Don is uh, calling in from Columbus. Ohio. She's heading home today. She was out at uh, a big, uh, I think she was at a networking event or something. I got like some sort of. Shampoo. What? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what? Um, I, I don't know how it's actually pronounced, so I'm not going to say it and butcher it. But she's with. Um... She was at a shampoo convention? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right, Don? Someone please fill me in on this. Monet, Monat, Monat oh, Mo. I don't okay. know what how it's okay. pronounced. Uh, pert plus. Pert plus. <laughs> okay. 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 I understand that. Got it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Hopefully she was able to uh, get out and see the... You said uh, she's calling in. I thought she was calling in. You meant she's listening, listening in. Listening in. Did I say calling in? Yeah. I was waiting for her to... Um, Oh, she okay. You were right. She yeah. wasn't okay. She was at Summit of Greatness. It was going on at the same time as the shampoo conference or convention. Okay, that's that's easily uh, that that that's I can see how you got confused there. <laughs> the Summit of Greatness. Who puts that on? At least I know Don. Okay, that was pretty pretty good. Well, I knew she was somewhere. <laughs> I wasn't creeping her photos. <clears throat> looking at the banners in the background. <laughs> Lewis House. Lewis House, yeah. That's right. That's right. Is it Lewis House? I know it's House. Is his name Lewis? Louis. Okay. I think Don knows. Okay. Oh, you mean like am I pronouncing it wrong? It's gonna be oh <laughs> this god. Is, this is it's gonna be one of those yeah, episodes. This is just really it's gonna be bad one of those so far. Oh god. <laughs> Okay, should we just end it right now and give her right, a little bye-bye? give her a little bye-bye toot-toot. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should just get going now. Ooh. Upcoming events. September 18th, which is this Sunday, right? Oh, by the way, I know who Lewis House is. Or okay. I, I just wasn't, just didn't sound right when I said it out loud. I don't know. Something like, I thought his first name was something else. Are we going back to that now? He's a pretty, you ever, you ever followed any of his stuff? No. Upcoming events. <laughs> what were you asking? If the 18th was this coming Sunday. September is flying by insanely fast. So I don't even, oh yeah, I did just say it was the 13th. Well, my daughter did. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Sunday. Well, yeah, because I, 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 uh, I was Sunday or something like that. I said, hey, Gavin, I was thinking about it. You remember how we said we were going to do that like family bike trip and we'll go to Canmore and rent bikes and go mountain biking? How about we do that one of these week upcoming weekends? But you got to book it one of these upcoming weekends because otherwise it's never going to happen uh, and it'll start snowing. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And she starts looking up Airbnbs and then we look at her calendar and we're like, yeah, we're not going biking. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can squeeze it in somewhere, but we got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. Um, Such as? Uh, well, this Sunday, we've got our Edmonton Fix and Flip meetup um, in 
<clears throat> Edmonton. Um, that one there is at our Twiddle Fix and Flip project. It's hosted by uh, Matt and Taylor Bordian, uh, newly uh, re- re-wed. <laughs> Not re-wed. Well, they wed and then they they re-wed. Wed again. Uh, coming back from their uh, their wedding reception out there in uh, East Coast. Uh, Halifax. I don't know. Pretty sure it's Halifax. <laughs> Anyways, we got our fix and flip meet up there. Um, there's gonna be tons of people there. If you are interested in learning more about fix and flips, and you want to go see one, and you want to go talk to people that are doing it, um, come out to that one. You can sign up um, on Eventbrite. The link for that you can find in our Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook page, or just ask around. It's easy to find. Yeah, it's from 2 to 5 p.m. You can pop in whenever. And it's kid-friendly. We're going to have a bouncy castle out in the front. Yes, thank Um, you to Adam for supplying from, sorry, Adam from Event Crusher's uh, photo booth. Um, He's supplying the bouncy castle there. Um, As well, if you guys are interested in checking out uh, what he has to offer, go to eventcrashersphotobooth.ca. Remember that cool photo booth I was telling you about yesterday? When you totally butchered. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, um, I ended up looking it up, and it was, it's really cool. So yeah. if you guys are interested in something like that, maybe for your upcoming Christmas party, add a cool little feature, mm-hmm. um, go ahead to eventcrashersphotoboot.ca. Tell them, uh, sell them, tell them Property Poppy sent you uh, for 10% off. Does he know who Property Poppy is? He's like, who? <laughs> Everybody knows who Property Poppy is. Okay. You know the guy, the guy, the, the, the guy in the podcast with the tacos. That's what I'm being known for now. The taco guy. I did that. I, I that was a huge mistake. Now I'm the taco guy. <laughs> did it to yourself? Yeah. September 21st, we have a meetup in Calgary. Yes, that's the uh, next Wednesday. Yeah, at our Lake Bonavista Fix and Flip. I uh, think I'll be able to make it. Hosted by Jared and Crystal. Uh, Wayne may or may not be there. And that's from 5.30 to 7.30. Again, you can find the link to the Eventbrite on <clears throat> our Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook page, group page. So head on over there, grab your tickets. September 24th. Yeah, I wasn't kidding when I Action said we have, we have lots going on. September 24th, I'm going to be uh, um, presenting at Barry McGuire's Agreement for Sale Intensive Focus Workshop in Edmonton, live in person at the uh, South Delta Hotel. Um, you can sign up for that at barrymaguire.ca. We've talked lots about agreement for sales lately. If you don't know what agreement for sale is, you should have been tuning in this week, last week, the week before. Tons of opportunities in the market right now. Mm. Do not miss out on that one. Lots of people coming in. I've heard some people are coming in from out of town. Nice. Um, so very excited for that. Um, yeah, so come on out, say hello uh, while you're there. Um, and come grab a drink afterwards in the bar downstairs. That's one of the cool things we don't really talk about. Um, After a long, long day of learning and even a longer session of Q&A at the end, like they have a huge Q&A at the end, basically they'll stay there until all the questions have been answered. And I like, I've always taken advantage of that. Uh, Like if you have an opportunity to have all those experts in the room, even to this day, even when I'm presenting, I still ask questions because there's still stuff, new stuff that I get, you know, mm-hmm. I, I encounter every day in my business and that's just an opportunity for me to ask other experts. So take advantage of it. Long, long Q&A session. Then afterwards, what everyone does, they all go and they, you know, tidy up and they put all their booklets in their car or whatever. And then they go down to the hotel bar and then we network for hours after that, having drinks. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's really, really, really fun. Um, really great event. Barry and Donna, they do not uh, hold back. Um, they always provide a ton of value, good food, um, breakfast and lunch, and um, a good time. So check that out, barrymaguire.ca. Uh, we will be there September 24th. In Edmonton. In Edmonton. Awesome. And then if you're if you're cheap, sorry, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be how I start that off. <laughs> but there is um, uh, the, the Mogul Mastermind on September 28th, which is a free event where uh, Barry McGuire and myself are going to be guest speaking at that mogul mastermind in Edmonton. Um, and we're going to be talking about agreement for sales again. So 
you can't fork out the cash and you just want, um, you know, the free version of, you know, a presentation on what agreement for sales can offer you, uh, come on out to that mogul mastermind as well. I joke. It's a really cool networking event. That's probably in my opinion, next to our events, because I'm, <laughs> uh, next to our networking events, it's probably the best organized networking event in, in Edmonton. Oh, that's mogul mastermind put on awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to one in a long time, but yeah. Yeah. Well, they haven't had any because oh, really? of um, they kind of held off because of the pandemic. They came back last last September. I think I spoke at that one, too. Did you? Yeah. I think that was the last time they had one. Wow. Maybe they've had a couple. They've had a couple online. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they've had online ones. But I think the last live one, um, I spoke at that one. And then, um, yeah, they're coming back for now. They're coming back live again. And, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You get to catch up with a lot of investors you haven't seen in a while. You get to meet new ones. Um, they do good presentations. They do market updates. Um, so definitely check that out as well. Um, information for that, you know, you can look up, uh, mogul realty on Facebook, find the event, right link for that register. Ta-da. Awesome. That is all the upcoming events we care to share. Well, no, that's that's September. Yeah, that is October. September, October is is just as packed. But there are lots of stuff going on. Lots of opportunities to come out and say hello to Gabby and I. Lots of opportunities to learn. Lots of opportunities to network. Um. Lots of opportunities and uh, far less excuses not to do anything. That's the way I see it. <clears throat> Seventeen minutes. And that's how do we do how that? You kill a show. <laughs> What we do? What do we do? We go to the comments. Oh, I said, it. how do we do that? How does that? It just, it always surprises me that that takes so long. <laughs> We're doing a lot of shit. Yeah, I guess so. We're doing a lot of stuff. Um, I don't, I'm on purpose, of course. Yep. Absolutely. We love hanging out with our investors. We love creating communities. In environments where investors can network. I love teaching people. I love kicking people's ass. So I love putting on, um, you know, being a part of and putting on events where we can um, create an environment for that. Absolutely. Wilson is back from Mexico. Was he in Mexico? He was in Mexico. Indeed. See him there this morning. Good morning, Wilson. Okay. Okay. You know, we didn't talk about last week. What? Sold a property. Did we? <laughs> Corinthia. Yeah. Was that just last week? That was last Tuesday. That's just um, We were very caught up in other topics and we had lots of questions last week. <clears throat> so we never really talked about it very much, but uh, we hit a hiccup. Um, on that property. And and so if, if you guys recall way back when, uh, the Corinthia project in Leduc, um, I'm sure a lot of you guys were able to come out to some of the networking events out there and see the progress and the, and the, the, the transformation, uh, that property out in Corinthia, uh, was the one that we closed in less than 15 hours. Mm-hmm. If you guys recall, that was the one where, um, the seller was 15 or 24 hours or whichever it was. They were less than 24 hours away from going and being, sorry, being foreclosed on. And we needed to come up with all cash in a briefcase <laughs> and had to, to, to deliver it to the seller's lawyer. So the seller's lawyer can call the other bank, sorry, the, the, the creditor, creditor, debtor, whatever. Uh, and say, hey, stop the foreclosure process. We have the cash. Will you accept it? And that was the only way it was going to work. So we we sent money and we didn't even have any guarantees. I mean, we knew we'd get it back. We had no guarantees that the sale would actually go through. Yeah. He said, the only way to know if this will go through is to give us the money. And and we will go and call the the debtor and ask them if they will accept the money rather than going through the foreclosure. 
And thankfully, we were able to jump through all those hoops, get the money to our lawyer, to their lawyer, in like a matter of hours that, that um, I believe it was a Wednesday morning. And uh, we got confirmation at 12 o'clock the next day. And um, we had keys a couple hours later. So that was, it was, it was a lot of, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it was very stressful, but we got it done. Um, there was one other thing involved though, that we didn't really talk about very much. And that was, I can't really remember if it was because there were so many things going on and I just didn't bring it up. At the same time, it was a little personal as well. Like I, I try not to, we're so open and transparent about our business and our life. Like you guys know everything about us. Um, there was one other element that was in there that we didn't find out until the next morning <clears throat> because I got word of this property. I saw the property at 4 PM, right? We said they were going to write an offer. I wrote an offer right away. The, the seller didn't sign the offer until like 11 o'clock that night. And then I went to the bank first thing in the morning, the next day to bring the cash, like to transfer the, to get the bank draft, send it to the lawyer. So there was no time to pull title or anything like that. And we found out actually that morning that someone else had registered um, a caveat on title, a lien uh, for a loan that was unrelated to the property. So we, part of all, you know, all those things going on, getting the lawyer to send over the cash and everything else. I got that call that morning saying, Hey, just a heads up. There is, you know, there's a writ on the property for the money that they owe the bank because they're behind on payments. But as well, there's a $45,000 lien on the property for a loan that he owes some guy that has nothing to do with this property. Now, Wayne, just to let you know, this lien does not look like it's relevant to this property whatsoever, and therefore it would be an unjustified lien. So this isn't the, this isn't the type of thing that they can come after him for. And so our lawyer called the lawyer that was, that registered the lien, the caveat is caveat or lien. I can't remember. Um, and the lawyer that was representing the person who registered it said, Hey, just to let you know, guys, um, my client has no right to be registering that caveat on title. Um, the loan that they have is a personal loan that he loaned him for some other business or something like that, that he never paid. So he just registered on there, but it's not justified and has nothing to do with that property. So therefore, um, he has no claim to that property. So our lawyer and I and us had a quick discussion about it, trying to determine is, do we still go through with this? Because we had no guarantees of that thing being removed. The very, like, we knew that they wouldn't be able to come after it, but at the same time, we needed to make a decision in that moment do we continue with that on there and deal with it? Or do we walk away from the deal? And after getting some good consulting and advice from our lawyer, we decided to move forward with it. Um, we were still able to, no, it was, it was pending registration. That was the other complication on it because of the land titles office being so behind on registering um, uh, title changes and stuff like that, right? Registering new, um, uh, yeah, behind on, the, sorry, I can't put more together. Um, behind that, you know, be, behind with registering things. Um, there was the, the mortgage that the, the seller had, another mortgage on top of that, a second mortgage, and then pending registration was this guy who had registered the $45,000 loan lien. But it was pending registration because he had just done it recently. And when I think the biggest consideration for us was that um, because we were flipping it, 
we needed to, you know, it's one thing to, to just go through and de- and deal with it as you need to, but it's another thing to know that you need to make sure it's gone within four months. When you're ready to sell it. When you're it. ready to sell it. See, I'm okay with taking, see, it was pending registration. So they were able to transfer title to me. Yeah. It, it did not impede on me receiving title and the transfer. However, when I go to sell it to our end buyer and they pull title and they see that there's some lien on the property, if they want a clean title to transfer over to them, you know, when, when they buy it, because their lawyer's not going to like that. And a funny story, we forgot about it. <laughs> it didn't come up until like three business days before we sold the property. No one noticed. <laughs> and I completely forgot about it. So I, I got, you know, an email saying, hey, did this ever get taken care of? And I'm like, oh, you've got to be shitting me. And so long story short, um, they were able to call the other lawyer and say, hey, it's been months. Your client has no right to or claim to this property as per the promissory note that you sent us or loan agreement that you guys sent us. Um, please discharge your, your registration. Uh, and they did. But through that process as well, we realized that there was also a clerical error on the on the writ from TD Canada Trust. Yeah. So the, the debtor was um, TD Canada Trust. I guess the seller had fallen behind on payments with TD. And they got their writ of enforcement and they were, you know, following through on foreclosure and all that other stuff, which uh, to be honest, I, I know quite a bit about, but I'm not an expert. I guess when they got the money, when we purchased the property originally and they said, stop, please stop the foreclosure. You know, we'll give you the money. And they agreed to it. There was a clerical error and they forgot to, um, they forgot to discharge um, something, something. And yeah, yeah, like it was, it was like written there. up, but it wasn't filed or something. It wasn't they, sent. Yeah, they forgot to send it. They forgot to hit send, and so we found out that actually TD needs. So this other guy, no big deal. We removed him, but uh, TD never removed their. Uh, and this was the day of uh, closing. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, a lot of people. Would ex, you know experiencing something like that if this was your first or second property would be like oh my god it's not going to close we're not gonna, oh it's terrible but like it was it was pretty chill for us um, so what ended up happening was the uh, lawyer let us know that it would not be closing that day and there would probably be a one day delay until TD can do their thing on their end discharge. Um, uh, off the title properly. Um, and the buyer would not be able to move in that day, which in a very long winded way comes to a topic that I wanted to talk about today, which is called tenancy at will. Wow. That was a very long winded way to come to your topic. Well, which is what we offered the buyer. This is what we offered the buyer because the buyer ultimately, I mean, they, they want to move into their home. This isn't some investor that has like a tenant lined up for the first. The buyer wants to move into their home. And in order to do something like that, we can still give them keys to the property, even though we can't give them title that day. Um, we can allow them to move in using what's called the tenancy at will. And tenancy at will is basically they become our tenant for a day or two or however long it takes in order to, to complete the transaction through mm-hmm. the lawyers. And what happens is, is that the lawyers determine a daily interest rate that is charged to us, charged to them, which is paid to us, that covers the cost of us allowing them to move in. 
can't remember exactly how they calculate it. It might be based off of prime rate or something like that. But basically, they come up with a daily interest mm -hmm. payment. And that gets added on to the statement of adjustments yeah. with the lawyers. And then we're able to let them move in based on them paying us that daily rate. Um, and it doesn't impede the transaction. It doesn't impede them from moving in. Yeah. Um, so it's a really great solution if, if something like that is ever delayed. That's why we weren't too bothered by it. I mean, how many times have we, have we come up with something like that, whether it be on the purchasing side or the sales side? I mean, it's, it's actually, I'd say it's like 50% of the time of our transactions. Something's we, delayed. <laughs> something is delayed with the lawyers. You know, whether that be mortgage financing, you know, not ready or the seller not ready and they're not moved out or something along those lines. It's, it's actually quite common that, you know, you will get offered tenancy at will. And that's why we were so chill about it. That's why we weren't bothered by it. It was like, oh, okay, it'd be delayed by a day. Okay, just offer them tenancy at will. Not a big deal. But for a lot of people who are new to investing, they don't really know much about that. So that, you know, this whole ordeal would have really stressed them out. Mm -hmm. But just understanding that, you know, there is something like that available. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, there's not much more to it. I mean, this isn't like a whole topic that I wanted to spend. <laughs> I got about 12 minutes in. Um, that's why I had to tell that whole story. Um, but yeah, this all happened last, uh, last week. Um, yep. On Now, see, I found out on the Friday, two Fridays ago, and Monday was a holiday, right? So when I found out on the Friday and I'm like, oh, you got to be shitting me. Like TD's got to figure this stuff out and Monday's a holiday. Which, by the way, all of these things always happen on a holiday weekend. On long weekends, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Just always happens on long weekends. I, yeah. We what we need to do is stop having possession dates. Yeah. On on long weekends. Um, but yeah, it's it. That's that's what ended up coming up with it. it. I can't believe I forgot about that loan that was on the property or on the title. Mm -hmm. That I thought that there was going to screw us over. Back to that, that's that lien that that got put on the property. That there was a calculated risk that we that we accepted uh, in order to get a really good deal. And I, I remember talking to Barry about that. And I'm like, I was joking with Barry. I said, Barry, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had a transaction that didn't have blemishes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, uh, and Barry, in a very supportive way, our lawyer, in a very supportive way, said, you know what, Wayne? Uh, most people would never approach these deals. They would walk away from them. That's why you get so many good deals. Because you're not afraid to, uh, you know, face these, these blemishes or these blemished or these, um, these scary deals. So, I mean, that is, that is a very good lesson there, too, is that, you know, the the best deals are aren't typically the easiest ones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when we looked at that opportunity, we had to decide: is it worth taking on that that risk? And when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, um, we have to serve this guy notice to act on his lien. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To to do something about this, you can't just leave it on title as an impedance. You have to do something about it. So you either go after this guy, this the seller, which at that point tr title of transfer. So they, this this um, this 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 guy with the with the promissory note, with this loan would have to come after us. Yeah, and he would have to come after us, making a claim that the property that, to which that we bought has equity that is owed to him. Right. The guy with the promissory note would not be coming after us personally for the money. He would be coming after the equity that was in the property from the sale that he should have got that we ultimately received or he'd go after the other guy. But there was no equity in that property. Yeah. Because the loan amount, the mortgage amount on that property, the total of the mortgages was equal to what the value of the property was. So there wasn't like, he couldn't come after us for anything. And so you'd have to come after a property that he has no claim to and come after two individuals, a corporation to which we have nothing to do with this loan. Yeah. The problem is, is that it, 
we'd still have to go through the process. And that was the risk. Mm -hmm. Was that like, like you said, Gabby, we want to sell this thing in three or four months. We don't want to be going to court and hiring a lawyer and going through all those dances and, and, and jumping through all those hoops to, to deal with this. We know we're going to win, yeah. but like it's time. Yeah. And who knows who this other person is? You know what I mean? If they're just a stubborn old bugger. I mean, they, they, they put a lien on a property that had nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? Like, how difficult are they going to be? Yeah. So that that was a risk that we took on. One that we never really talked about on that property. Yeah. Well, there was so many other stories with it. <laughs> well, that was the thing is that, you know, one, like, I didn't care to share the risks that I take. Some, 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 some things are personal, right? And some people would look at that and be like, oh my God, why did you do that? Well, you don't know. You weren't there. And you don't know half as much as I do about you know, how to analyze deals. So I don't, I didn't really want to justify it to people who didn't really understand mm -hmm. how I made my decision. So that, that was one part of it. Just, just being honest. Um, you know, I'm not going to put that to a, an, an open community and then just to be criticized and, and, and judged by the decisions that I make. So I kind of, for, uh, there was a small reason why I kept that, but at the same time, that property was so complicated as is. Yeah. And we had so many different stories with cats and, and uh, yeah, that was the cat house. Cats and 15 hour closings. Cats yeah. and 15 hour And closings. I think it's also fair to say that um, when you don't know the outcome of what's going to happen, um, you know, like normally if you're going to share something, you wait until <laughs> you see how everything pans out, right? Yeah. And at that point, it was like, okay, well, this is an unknown. We'll see what happens. And we saw what happened and we share. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was there anything in the comments? Uh, Jeremy asked, um, have you taken tenancy at will for a property? Yep, multiple yeah, we times. Have, yeah. Multiple times. Um, I think the big thing is that um, if you're taking tenancy at will, like say you're closing on a fix and flip property and you want to get in right away and start swinging hammers, you have your bin delivered for day of, of um of possession and all those types of things. The big thing is that in those cases, if you are taking tenancy at will, you don't want to start tearing down walls until until everything is is done. So if you've taken tenancy True. at will, you can go in and you know do your measurements and and make plans and those types of things, but don't start tearing down walls until that tenancy at will is is done and the and the official possession has been taken. Because you can. You, you can, can, you can, but again, that would be a calculated risk. Is everything, what, what caused you to take tenancy at will? Yes. Is everything in order and there was just a 12 hour delay in the funds being transferred from your mortgager, mm -hmm. but everything's on its way. Like everything's a sealed deal. Papers are signed and everything's good. Then sure. But what, like what caused it? If there's some like weird thing that happened and you're not sure how that's going to pan out and you're waiting for this and that and well, well, we'll give you tenancy at will if you want and you take it, then don't start swinging hammers. Yeah. Um, so just know, know the situation and, and know the risk. Um, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't want to be caught in a situation where um, your financing doesn't come through yeah. and you just demolish someone's house. And you have to give it back, give it back to me like, Hey, yeah, sorry. You know, that mortgage I said I was going to get, I actually didn't go through. So we're just going to give you the keys back and thank you so much. And then they take the keys back up at the door and they see all the walls removed and have a lawsuit and have, then, well, they're going to come after you, right. Mm -hmm. For, for loss, for losses. So in a situation Lot, like that, loss of walls. <laughs> in a situation like that, where there were no, where there's no demolition. If you, if, if you sign an agreement saying you're going to buy a property and you don't, the seller can come after you for expenses and losses that they've incurred. Meaning if there was a 60 day close on that property and you tied up the property and said, you're going to buy it, then they're going to come after you for those 60 days worth of expenses mortgage payments, property taxes, insurance, et cetera. 
They're going to come after you for their legal <clears throat> costs. They're going to come after you for if if you said you're going to buy it for three hundred thousand, right? You have a signed agreement and you're going to buy it for three hundred thousand, and then it sits for another three months and they sell it for two hundred and fifty thousand. They're going to come after you for the fifty thousand dollar difference plus the three months worth of expenses. Serious stuff. You say you're going to buy something, you better buy it because otherwise, the seller is going to come to you for the difference. Mm -hmm. If, and that can go both ways. If you are a buyer and the seller refuses to sell to you for whatever reason, you as the buyer can go after them for any expenses and losses that you incur. Only expenses and losses that you incur. Meaning, if you sold your other home and you were expecting to be moving in tomorrow, and they say, yeah, you know, change your mind. Okay, well, no judge is going to force someone to sell their house. However, you will be the seller will be charged for any expenses and losses that the buyer incurs. So meaning if the buyer paid for a home inspection, if the buyer uh, paid for movers and they can't get the refund back, if the buyers have to go and find temporary living arrangements until they can find another home. The seller would be responsible for that. If this is now, this is to the discretion of the court. But if the buyer was supposed to buy a three hundred thousand dollar house, and the seller didn't sell it, and then the buyer had to go and find another house similar to that, but the best price that they can get is three hundred twenty thousand dollars, there is a justifiable claim to go after the seller for the $20,000 difference. Because we couldn't buy this home. We had to buy another home because we had nowhere to live. And this one cost $20,000 more. Interesting stuff. Now, of course, that would be up to the discretion of the, yeah. of the court um, and the judge. So, you know, they would argue, did you make a reasonable <laughs> attempt to try mm -hmm. and find something similar? Um, is this a really, you know, do you really need to come for this $20,000 or could you have bought any other property? Did you try? Did you put other offers out? They would go, they would, they would tear that apart. But just to give you guys an idea of what happens in situations like that yeah. when, you know. But if you think about it, there could be real reasons. Like if you have kids and you're in a school zone and there's no other houses in that community, like, do they expect you to uproot your children? You yeah. know, like all those types of things. So there can be very justifiable reasons for that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yep. <clears throat> so it's pretty cool stuff. Um, uh, some things that mo a lot of people don't never deal with. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today, uh, the reason why we know is because we dealt with it on various different occasions. And you don't need to be an expert in all of this stuff um, before you buy your first property or your 10th property. Um, the, the world has a way of testing you and uh, giving you uh, a, a moment to, to, to learn, you know, yeah, um, as you grow. Yeah, opportunities to learn for sure. Opportunities to learn. Thank yeah. you. It's, uh, and you'll run into different things and you'll run into your own crazy stories and you'll have them on a podcast in the future. Um, but don't let these things deter you or discourage you from, from moving forward. It's all just part of the game. And like a lot of this stuff, like I didn't have to figure this out. Like my lawyer figured it out. Right. Yeah. And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one other thing that um, you'll hear people say is like, you know, if you're out there putting in offers and you put your deposit and you remove conditions, I've heard people say like, oh, well, you know, if I remove conditions and then I have to walk away, I'll just lose my deposit. Yeah. Have you heard people say that? Yes. Yeah. And so as Wayne just thoroughly explained, you can be on the hook for many other things if you were to be in that situation where you put in an offer an unconditional you removed conditions yeah. and then you thought to yourself shoot <clears throat> i can't actually close on this i'm just i need to walk away but it's okay i'll just lose my five thousand dollar deposit oops well, you're gonna lose your five thousand dollar deposit yeah. depending bit. what what the other person has in motion did they put an offer in and they're closing on their next house like you know you don't it's it's not necessarily that you're just gonna lose your deposit they're going to take their losses 
and expenses from that deposit and then come after you for the difference. Yeah. So something to consider, but um, just, I don't want to confuse anyone. Uh, that is on an unconditional offer, meaning that you don't have any conditions. Mm -hmm. If you have a conditional offer, conditions of home inspection or conditions of uh, financing condition or lawyer approval, joint venture partner approval, whichever, uh, and you do not remove those conditions, you just say, hey, I'm not removing conditions. I'm not proceeding with this this purchase. Mm -hmm. Then they are obligated to give you your, your deposit back mm -hmm. and they can't pull anything from it. So... Writing conditional offers is fine. When you go unconditional, that and you do not fulfill your obligation to the contract, which is purchasing the property, then they can take your deposits. Um, now, the only thing I, I would I would want to correct myself on, and I don't know the answer to this, is do they t is the deposit just taken, or do they have to show? expenses and receipts for losses that they've incurred because of that. And that's why they would, they would use the deposit. And that's because it would make the most sense that the deposit would be returned unless of course there was losses incurred. Well, in my opinion, there are losses incurred, but they would have to show. I know, receipts. but time, but time is a loss, right? Because you're paying mortgage, you're paying utilities, yes, receipts you're paying insurance. Of you have to show proof though yeah. that you have. And say, for example, it was only, you only incurred $3,000 worth of losses. Would the other $2,000 be refundable? And that's, that's something I need to check in on actually. Mm -hmm. Next time I'm at the lawyer's office, I'll ask. Because mm -hmm. um, that would make the most sense. Any lawyers in the, uh, in the chat today? <laughs> that, that does make sense though, right? Yeah something I've never dealt with. I mean, we've never been in a situation where we haven't been able to fulfill our obligations. Yeah. And we've never had a situation where uh, the other party hasn't fulfilled their obligations, except for once. Yeah, we have. But it was the seller. They didn't provide a deposit. We provided the deposit. Yeah. So different, different type of story. Okay. There was another question today and um, he decided this, this listener decides I'm going to change the topic because this stuff is boring. <laughs> he didn't say that, but um, question was, do you want to read it? You got it. I noticed you, I noticed you stopped flipping townhouses. Is there a reason? How did I do? You did a really good impression of Wilson. <laughs> um, let me just take a sip of water. <clears throat> a little tickle in my throat. Uh, yeah, we did stop flipping houses. And that was because uh, early last year and mid-year of 2022, we there were no listings. <laughs> mm -hmm. The market got really hot in January, February of 2022. And then April, it was uh, to the point where there were 20 people lining up the, the second a listing went online and multiple offers, anywhere from 10 to 15 offers. And what happened was townhouse prices skyrocketed. Yeah skyrocketed yeah i remember specifically there. calvin talking about how there was um there was a significant jump in townhouse prices and they hadn't seen that in a really long time because townhouse owners are like fuck yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna ride this train. <laughs> so like everybody put up their townhouses like because yeah. you know townhouses took a huge hit for the last 10 years yeah where you know they they peaked at like 250 260 270 in 2008 and people bought and then they dropped to like 140 and if you were to buy something in 2008 at 250 a townhouse um 10 12 years later 14 years later you've just 
barely broken even. Yeah. If you think about it, because they've been making mortgage payments on that property for 12 years, 14 years, whatever it is. And they've just been paying down what they overpaid on. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of these owners had like mortgages for over 160 and their house, their townhouse is only worth 140. They have zero equity and they've owned it they for have negative equity. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was able to get a lot of opportunities for townhouses there when I was doing agreement for sales. Cause there's a lot of people that were, that literally bought at 240, 250 and they'd been paying for 10 years. And just been paying down a mortgage that it, for a property that was worth less yeah. than what they owed. Well, and that we're at a point where they could finally get rid of it and not lose money. This this past spring? Yeah. Yeah. They finally, finally, the market is like, yeah, you can sell it for over 200. And they're like, fuck yeah. yeah. So they did. And like lots of properties were, were you know, I, I think even the ones that see like, well, good renovated townhouses in good neighborhoods with good condo boards, good condo fees are like in the low 200s in Edmonton. Um, the ones that weren't renovated were selling for like 180, 190 mm-hmm. when they would normally be worth like 130, 140. Yeah. So people were jumping on that in the spring. And see, I had tons of listings coming up uh, last fall, the fall of 2021. Yeah. January, February came. And it dried right up like nothing, nothing for months. When I say nothing, I mean, nothing came up in my searches, my real estate searches. Cause I would have like a max price yeah. and I'd have all the criteria that I'm looking for, 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 you know, for townhouse flips and nothing was coming to my email because everything was priced over my max price. Now, with that being said, I was literally just helping one of our master's mentees write an offer last night on a townhouse and because um, realtor Calvin Hexter started setting me listings and with how busy we've been in the last three months, I haven't opened up any real estate listings because I've just been focusing on the projects that we have right now. And um, I hadn't realized that townhouses have come down in prices again. So there are opportunities for townhouses. As far as I know, I, I, this is, this is with six hours of research. So, Cut me some slack here. I haven't done a whole heck of a lot. I haven't dove dove into the uh, the real estate listings yet to see what it actually looks like in the market. But the the hype has died down. Um, the The demand for townhouses and the price going up, you know, in, earlier in the year has gone. It's it's gone back down, from what I understand. So there are opportunities for flipping townhouses again if you're getting into flipping and you want to start off with something smaller and easier. So there is the opportunity. Now, Gabby and I aren't buying anything in the next two to three months. Um, we're just finishing up the projects we have going on right now. I've got this really um, big dream of taking December off, personally. We had a very busy year this year. Um, and I've, I'm hoping I'm manifesting. It's on my dream board and that we're going to take December off. <laughs> so uh, I'm not personally buying anything right now, but I am... You know, like I said, I was helping out one of the master's mentees last night and helping him analyze a property. And, you know, he put an offer in on one. So um, there are opportunities. We ran the numbers and it was it was a good spread. So it's definitely something you can relook at again. I'm going to change the topic on you now, Wilson. <laughs> How do you like that? Um, was there any follow-ups to that before I changed? Mm, no, there was a question back to our previous topic. Um, okay, I'll answer that quick. And then I wanted to talk about uh, something else. Go ahead. Okay, so um, somebody asked, have you ever had to justify not removing conditions? Which is a really great question. Something I think people take for granted with um, how they write their conditions. no we have never had to I nearly forced someone to I nearly forced a buyer to Um, 
Well, no, it wasn't. That wasn't the case. It was something different. But a seller could and demand that they see some form of proof. Now, it depends on the type of condition you have. Home inspection is the easiest one, right? Um, there could be a piece of soffit that's not secured properly um, on the house. And you can be like, eh. Uh, we, we did our inspection. We found a bunch of broken um, outlet cover plates. We found a piece of soffit that was not attached properly. Um, the painting was not to our standards and therefore we are not removing conditions, right? Because it doesn't have to be something that's like blatantly obvious or a huge defect in a house, right? When you walk through a house and you write your first initial offer, it's conditional of a thorough home inspection. Mm -hmm. I want to inspect this home to make sure that it's to my standards. And it doesn't have to be something that's like an outrageous defect that would prevent you from buying. You can just say, hey, I, I reviewed this and this after my home inspection, I've decided that, you know, the condition of this property is not what I'm looking for. Um, they would have to take you to court and make a claim for their losses during that conditions period of one week. You know what I mean? So if you had a two-week conditions period, they would be able to come after you, again, for any losses or expenses that they incurred during the two-week period. So I don't know what they're going to come after you for. Two weeks worth of expenses on a property? What, at worst worst, worst case, 1500 bucks, 1000 bucks. I think they would also, at that point, though, have to try to prove, like, ill intent that there wasn't reason for them to walk away. But... But they, it's not like they're going to charge you and send you to jail. They can only come after you for yeah. for what they lost. And what are they going to lose? A thousand bucks? So they're going to hire a lawyer at minimum thousand bucks to go after you for a thousand bucks. Otherwise, they're going to take you to small claims court and, and represent themselves over a thousand bucks. It's very unlikely. And they don't have much of a case. Unless, of course, they can like prove that you're like some chronic wholesaler that just ties up properties and never actually buys them. Well, that's and they what can I show mean. some sort of a pattern. But yeah. again, all they can come after you for is a thousand bucks, what they lost. So, I mean, if you ask me, ah, never mind. I'm not going to get down, go down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah, the likelihood is very slim. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that if you talked to um, a lawyer and they, you know, like, um, I know often, like, for example, Barry keeps track of um, lawsuits involving agreements for sale yeah. um, to see patterns and, and where people have won, where they've lost, like those types of things and in Canada and in the States and, you know, like all different kinds of things. He, he watches those, right? So like if you were to talk to a lawyer about, you know, cases that have been brought forward regarding not removing conditions when they should have, I'm sure there's a range of it going both ways, right? I've, I've asked in the past. Oh yeah. Very uncommon. Yeah. Just but for that reason. But probably has happened. <sighs> yeah. Maybe. But again, like why, why would anyone do that? No mm -hmm. lawyer would, 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 would let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know that like, like when it's, my, there's, no, there's no reason to, yeah. there's nothing to gain. When my mom was selling her condo, um, she had, uh, an offer on her listing day and it was like three weeks of conditions or something. And it was, um, above asking, like it was like, a, because she, in BC, it was like a really hot market and a really beautiful condo in a really beautiful place. So, um, she got a really great offer, but it had kind of a long conditions date mm -hmm. and they ended up not removing conditions. And the only thing showing up on the inspection, well, there was two things. There was, um, it was a, it was a condo. Um, so there was one thing on the roof with the, the drainage, I forget what it's called. The, like the, the valley that the, the drainage comes into when yeah. the two peaks or whatever. 
um, there was something there which they notified the condo and the condo actually fixed before even conditions. Like they brought forward the issue and they were already up there fixing it. Yeah. Um, and then there was one thing inside the condo where one of the like blinds was missing a clip or something mm. like that. And those were literally the only two things. Like everything else was in perfect working order. Like nothing was brought forward. And they ended up not removing conditions because of the home inspection. Which is like the like biggest BS. Like obviously something else came up where they didn't want to proceed. It had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with the condo board, or or, sorry, with the conditions. Yeah. Um. Oh my God, words inspection. It had nothing to do with the inspection. Um. So I just think there's also like take responsibility for yourself and for your decisions. And like, yeah, it's a big thing, but it's a big thing on the other end as well. Like somebody is trying to sell their property. They need out for whatever reason. D bad. Don't be a dick. D bad, like hard. No, you're opening up a can of worms for me right now. Because these are like buying and selling property is a big deal for people. A big deal. When somebody is selling their home. It's not like they're just like an investor who's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'd like to get rid of this property. I'm going to throw it up and see what kind of offers I get. No, like somebody's selling their home. They need out or have found something else or like, you know what I mean? Like there's a reason. Mm-hmm. They're not just like willy nilly seeing what the market's like. Yeah. So like, don't just pull, don't put an offer in and then just like pull it and be like, eh, I actually changed my mind. I have, I have conditions. People. Dead. Mm-hmm. People tying up properties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can have a big impact on, on sellers, especially if it's homeowners. Right. Yeah. Cause say for example, you're to tie it up a property for two weeks. Um, that means that that seller cannot accept any other offers for two weeks. Yeah. And you, you know, if you're doing that type of thing and you have no intent intention, sorry, of, of buying that property and you're a shitty person. Well, you're forcing them to make two weeks for the payments. You know what I mean? And then you pull the, you know, pull, you don't remove conditions and it goes back on the market. Now it says 14 days on it. And, you know, another buyer comes in on the 20th day and said, oh yeah, they, we had an offer, but it fell through. Suddenly that buyer's like, oh, they had an offer. It fell through. What was it? What, what did they find? Why didn't they follow through with it? Yeah. Suddenly, you've tainted their property. You've tainted their property. Now they're going to write an, a lower offer because they assume that you're desperate. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a... It's very frustrating yeah. and it's not cool. The reason the can of worms that you opened was, is that I recently just had a conversation with a multifamily expert and this is literally, it's so much worse in the multifamily game. Oh, I bet. It's because the, the condition states are really multifamily long, right? Are super long. Cause you have diligence. so much due diligence to do. Yeah. Super long. And so and what financing happens, takes forever. Yes. So what happens is, is that these, what curse word do I want to use this morning? Don't. Effers. These young, inexperienced real estate investors who take a weekend course on multifamily are tying up properties for like a month or two months with no financing in place, with no money in place. And they get it locked up and they throw it on Facebook and they're like, OMG, just locked up this 56 unit property. And everyone's like, you go girl, you go boy, you're killing it. Hustle mode, bro. Right, because it looks really good for social. Who wants in on this fucking stellar deal? And then they go and they advertise that deal when they had, they don't, they don't have any money. They barely have the fucking deposit to put down for that thing. And they, they, they basically hold up that property for however many weeks while they go run around and play, you know, real estate investor, right? They pretend that they know that they know what the fuck they're doing and they think they're going to raise $500,000 in next month. And then they don't, but it's okay. Cause we're not going to, we don't have to remove conditions. I was having a conversation with this multifamily expert and he's like, this is so fucking dumb. 
it's so frustrating because everybody thinks they're watching all these bigger pockets videos and they're watching all these fucking quote unquote Instagram gurus across Canada say you can buy properties with no money down and you know promissory notes and VTBs and all this other bullshit and like oh just go find the money if you get if you got a good deal the money will come to you and they've never done any multifamily or any real estate investing before and then so they're doing that shit and they're tying up properties which some people really need to sell those fucking properties. And it's it's frustrating. So he, what he was saying was that in a lot of cases, when he's selling properties, he, they'll actually ask for proof of funds. Mm-hmm. Show me proof of funds before we accept your offer. Because yeah. these Instagram gurus are teaching people how to do this. And like this whole mentality of like, you know, if you have the deal, the money will come to you. Yeah. Right. And it's it's terrible in multifamily. Well, I bet that's also why so much multifamily happens off market within the community. 100%. Right. Like, why would I put it on the market and endure that having, you know, people who don't know what they're doing, placing offers when I can call up so and so who owns the building down the road and they'll probably happily buy the it. guy who actually has the money. Yeah. And that's like the multi there's not many players in Canada no. like. There, you know, you've got your big, big players who who don't hang out in their circles, the ones who, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then for the most part, there's, there's, there's only a handful of big multifamily players, Yeah. right? Everybody else just full shit. Yeah. Um, so when you see those people doing those posts or got my new 56 unit locked up, all they've done is they put a $5,000 deposit down on a property. That's all they've done. It's a conditional offer. So congrats. Congrats. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> Whenever I see those types of things, it's like, okay, fuck off, buddy. Like you haven't done shit. You know what I mean? But people are like, oh my God, this person's an expert. And then suddenly they, you know, maybe they do buy one property, but uh, then they've, then they put throw a coaching program together instead. Oh, am I, am I opening up a can of worms this morning, Gabby? <laughs> it's. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, we gotta go drop off the kid at school. But um, uh, moral of the story, uh, D bad. Um, what do I title an episode like this? Had to do a lot with like real estate closings, mm-hmm. tendencies of wills, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we'll go something like that. And, and of course, um, why we're not flipping townhouses anymore. <laughs> True. We're all over the place today. Thanks, it was a good Wilson. episode. Um, lots of valuable stuff. Um, today's Tuesday the 13th. Hey, uh, go to barrymaguire.ca and go sign up for the Agreement for Sale uh, workshop on September 24th. That's what I'm going to leave you with. Seriously. Otherwise, uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.